listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. It was the day after for the Jets, Giants rolling, and baseball takes a break. We'll talk about it. It's ESPN New York Tonight. That's the number to join our Monday conversation here on 98.7 ESPN, along with Giselle and Joel. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hope you guys had a fabulous Monday. I know for Jet fans, it was not a great sports weekend, but you turned the corner, right? And you try to see if there's some positives. And we'll talk to you a little bit about the Jets tonight. But right now, it's the Giants who are playing, and they are losing over a minute and a half left in the game. They are down by the score of 26-16 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But let me say this. If you are a Giants fan, of course you're not happy about your team losing. Of course you're not happy about Daniel Jones and his two interceptions, including the second one where they're driving on a 19-play drive and they're ready to really put the pressure on this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And he did the same thing that Sam Darnold did yesterday, going one way, throwing backwards into the center of the field. In the red zone, you don't want to turn the ball over. He knows that. I don't have to tell you. You're frustrated. You're yelling at your screen, screen like I was. Like, what are you doing? You're right there. You're going out of bounds. Just keep running out of bounds. Live and make another play. Despite that, you are you feel better about your team than Jet fans feel about their team after watching them yesterday. It's no question. And listen, Ben Roethlisberger, rusty early, uh, running out, looking at just strolling around, letting the play clock run down on a couple of on, on an occasion. So you know, you did. You didn't expect to beat the Steelers, although you didn't know what kind of Ben Roethlisberger you were going to have. Give the Steelers' defense a lot of credit. They did some things. They mixed up some coverages. They brought people from different positions. They threw this offensive line that's really got to gel, and they will get better. They'll look at the video tonight, and they will improve, and they'll pick up on the mistakes, and they'll get better. So I have no doubt about that. But your team was competitive tonight. Your team did a nice job tonight. Yeah, you had some breakdowns in the secondary, but your front was strong. So you feel better. You feel better. Daniel Jones, 26 of 41, 279 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. You would like for him not to have to throw the ball 41 times. I get that. But then again, listen, Give, once again, give the Steelers' defense some credit because they stopped the run. Daniel Jones was the leading rusher, four carries for 22 yards. Saquon Barkley, 15 carries, six yards. Deion Lewis, one carry, one yard. So they, they made you have to make Daniel Jones beat, beat you. That's what the Steelers said. If we're going to lose this game, Daniel Jones is going to beat us. And they brought, as I said, they brought different looks. They brought different 
They had different schemes. They did a nice job in sending more people than the Giants could block and sending them from different angles, causing players to make a decision. Do I block this guy or do I block that guy? Once again, give them credit. But there weren't a lot of penalties. There weren't a lot of turnovers. There weren't a lot of of bad mistakes. I mean, the Giants were in this game. And so when you look at where the Giants are and what you expect from them this year, and you understand what your secondary looks like, and it's going to be a work in progress. Your front, your front seven actually did not play badly. Obviously, you need some more pressure on the quarterback. And during the weeks, I'm sure they'll scheme and try to do some things to make that happen. But it's tough when you're playing an experienced team with an experienced offensive line and an experienced quarterback. And that's what Ben Roethlisberger is. Is he a rusty quarterback? Well, absolutely. Because he hadn't played in a year. So you would expect that. But, hey, like what you saw from the Giants tonight. And, of course, and and I agree with Chris Candy, who tweeted out earlier, colleague from DCR, 9 to 11 here on 98.7 ESPN, there's no such thing as more victories. No such thing as more victories. But if you're looking to see and gauge where this team is going, if you're looking to see what, what the progress is from a new head coach, a rookie head coach, this team was prepared. This team was ready to go. And I thought Jason Garrett had a nice touch by coming out and going with, with an up-tempo offense, a no-huddle offense, so that you know it, it didn't allow... Pittsburgh to have to go into different, you know, shifts and schemes and different personnel groupings. So I like what he did there. So uh, hear from the Giant fans at 1-800-919-3776. Get your thoughts on it's an opening loss, but get your thoughts on how the team performed. Also, I know as a Jet fan, you're just ready to look towards next week against the San Francisco 49ers. Sam Darnold was on the Michael K. Show. We'll hear from him in Top Stories next hour. And I know that you're discouraged to hear that Le'Veon Bell is hurt and will probably miss the next two to three weeks with a hamstring injury. And since it's a hamstring, I would say add another week, maybe two, to that diagnosis. So I don't expect him back for a month. And when you look at what he provided yesterday from the pass-catching standpoint, it's going to be a loss. Okay? Did he run the ball well? No, not really. But as far as pass-catching, and that's what we've been talking about for a while, was to line him up, get him in a mismatch, Line him up, put him in the slot where he has to be accounted for. Put him in a mismatch situation and see what he could do. So now it's back to the drawing board for this Jets offense who will now have to try to find some ways to move the ball down the field and try to get some semblance 
of a working offense that can move the ball. An offense that has the possibility of scoring. An offense that at least can keep their defense off the field to get a break. And it won't be easy against this 49er team. And there's some injuries, early injuries that the Niners suffered yesterday in their loss. So, you know, we'll wait and see because it's a week. And a week is a long time. (laughs) People heal in two days, much less a week. So we got a bunch of things you can talk about on the show tonight. Talk about Giants, talk some Jets. Want to talk some baseball. The Mets have a new have a new owner. How happy are you as a Met fan? Do you think this is going to put the organization in a different direction? Love to hear from you. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Also, Yankee fans, are you feeling a little bit better right now? Coming off a nice sweep of the Baltimore Orioles. After the day off, you are now preparing to face the Toronto Blue Jays. The, when last I checked, second place Toronto Blue Jays. And if you are a Yankee fan, if you are a Yankee player, if you are in the Yankee organization, You want second place. That assures you of a playoff spot. And it assures you that you're not going into one of these really weird plays where you're playing the best team or you've got a three-game series. You know, you don't want to do that. You want to go in as the second team. You want to go in as the second place team. And you want to go in there knowing that you've got a pretty, pretty, pretty safe situation. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Come on, let it go. Just let it be. Why don't you be you? It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Hardesty till midnight talking to you. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Back to the phones. Charlie is in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How are you Hey, Charlie, what's up? Uh, Well, I'm all right. Well, in terms of New York sports, lousy week except for the Yanks, but I want to talk about who's that team? Giants and Yankees. First, bad news on the Giants. I got to tell you, just two glaring things I noticed. Two glaring things I noticed. Uh, I'm sorry, Daniel Jones. Two picks lit to nine points, and the second one was a punk move. Punk move. What are you doing? Throw the ball away. I'm going to tell you, people are so over, overcritical. I mean, not saying critical, overvaluing him, how good he is. I'm sorry. I care about the bottom line. Bottom, bottom line is, if you're kicking to turn the football over, you should not be in National Football League. Heck no. Heck no. And the fact that this team, I'm going to tell you, they cannot get off on third downs. This defense cannot get off on third third downs. If you can't get off on third downs, it doesn't matter. I mean, I felt like third and 14 felt like, I mean, if for the Steelers offense looked like third and five or four. That's how bad this Giants defense is. And I'm going to tell you, both local football, it's a matter of time. Which team's going to be out of, out, of, out, of, out of it by Halloween? <laughs> Halloween. And, and Larry, can I make that a Yankees point? 
as yeah, well. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So over the weekend, it was feel like business as usual. I, I think the, the imagine um, in we I envision Tanaka and Akoa and Tanaka one two punch on that double header. Those those two are terrific. I know the last two games. I don't know why they rest Glaber Torres in the final game end up getting a pinch of double. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but it's business as usual. Finally, I mean, I mean now. I panicked last week where this thing, I think this thing going to make the playoffs. But now it kind of like shut my mouth in terms of that. But I think and this is an important series coming up for the Yankees uh, with the Blue Jays because I know this team is – okay, I think this team is going to be okay to make the playoffs right now, as of right now. But I got to see it to, see it to, see it to believe it. But uh, if the Yankees – I think the Yankees might take – I think the Yankees – I have a good feeling Yankees have to take two or three against the Blue Jays. But it's important to get to the – uh, number two spot uh, in the division because not only does he guarantee a playoff spot, is at best case scenario, the Yankees can go up to the fourth spot in the playoffs. That means you get to host uh, a three-game series at Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium, which this team played really well at the stadium. I don't know if whoever they come, uh, enough, uh, if it's the Twins, I mean, I like my chances the Yankees going, I mean, host a three-game series and beat the team and um, um, the next round goes to the, uh, a, a, local, uh, was that a secure site where they mm-hmm. going. Yeah, probably well, going like to go to a bubble, yeah. Important the Yankees to go up to the second spot in the division. I hear you, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. There's no question about it. Listen, you've got, you've got three with Toronto beginning tomorrow at the stadium. you got, you got Garcia, who's really making a name for himself. The young man's pitched well. So you've got Garcia, Cole, and Tanaka in those three games with Toronto. Uh, you need to take two of three. You do. That would that would be the prudent thing to do because you really want to make sure that you continue the road that you're on. You lost. I still cannot believe that this Yankee team was five and fifteen over twenty games. I, I I've never seen them play this badly. Never. And I mean, I covered them for a long time, <laughs> long time all during the Girardi years and part of the Joe Torre years. And so to see them play the way they played where the Yankee bullpen looked like another bullpen that I don't want to talk about, where everybody was coming in and just not getting the job done, and they couldn't hit a lick. I mean, they went through a stretch where if, if their pitchers gave up two runs, you were losing that game. And yeah, they had a lot of injuries. No question about it. And yet the folks that we hailed them and gave them their propers because of how they performed last year, and they were due because they came in big time. They produced big time and big moments in big spots. So they deserved the reputation they got. They did. But during that losing streak, everybody was awful. But they bounced back. They win that last game in Toronto, then they go on and sweep Baltimore with four straight, and now they've got Toronto. So we'll we'll see uh, how this goes this time. But I'm telling you, they really, really need to start playing like it's playoff time because you're two weeks away from the end of the season. All right, done, done, and you need to get your you need to start to round into shape to get ready for what could be an interesting postseason. Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Larry, before I get to my football points, what about if Denver 
Nuggets tomorrow night upset the Clippers. Can you imagine that coming back from three to one deficits two times in a row? Yeah, it's amazing. That'd be unbelievable, huh? It would be. It would be. Well, this kid, know, Jamal, Mar- this kid Jamal Murray is, is amazing. Everyone's talking about the pandemic. Who cares? These are storylines we're seeing, man. They're great. Great yeah. storylines. Yeah. Great intriguing things that are happening. Uh, Larry, to the football. I yes. hate to say it, but Jamal Adams was right. Really. He was right. You know? I mean, if this guy had the status of a LeBron James, they would have never traded him. They would have got rid of the coach. And uh, it seems like he's right. I mean, without – and, you know, you look at that team without him and C.J. Mosley, I, I don't see how they're going to stop anybody. I really don't. But, you know, yesterday's game, the sad thing about all of it, mm-hmm. if Herndon would have held on to that ball, they might have had a chance in the game if they were as badly as they played. You know that? Yeah, they might have had the chance, Richard. But but I tell you, thanks for the phone call, my friend. Pleasure, I tell you, the thing that uh, that that really that really hurt them was their start. Yeah, and listen, Greg Williams made adjustments, so you give him credit. He went in the halftime, he changed some things, and they got better defensively. They found out what they were doing, and you know they were more physical, and so they were able to do some things and get off the field. <clears throat> they couldn't get off the field in the first half. I mean. The Bills were marching up and down the field at will yesterday, at will. And listen, I understand and have spoken to enough coaches and managers in my career to know that coaches coach, managers manage, and players play. And players have to, you know, carry out the game plan and execute and do what they're supposed to do. I understand. But coming out yesterday I mean I have to say the Jet team and, and I, they looked like they weren't prepared now they had to be prepared because all they've been doing since training camp is preparing for the first game of the season that's what you prepare for you prepare for the first game that's what you do and they looked as though they didn't know what was going on People were lost, running the wrong route, dropping passes, bad communication. And once again, I got that it's week one. I got it. But they made, uh, you know, they made the quarterback look like he was all world yesterday. And he's good. Not that good. (laughs) He's not that good. Not at all. He was not. But and, and you know he likes to run with the football. And the missed tackles were just, I mean, he could have been stopped on multiple occasions. And think about this, Richard. It could have been worse because he fumbled twice when they were ready to score two other points, two other scores that were either three or sevens. So, you know, you look at that score and you say, well, no, that score was not even even close to showing how badly the Jets played. Roscoe's in Brooklyn. Hey, Roscoe, you're next on 98.7. Larry, not only that, the field goal that the field goal that went over the upright was good. Mm -hmm. And he also missed the field goal after that, Larry. That's right. Don't listen. Like you said, look at Ryan Tannenbaum. He went to another organization in Tennessee. I'm watching them now. And I'm sorry for making for for saying his name incorrect. I'm upset right now. I'm upset right now because you know I call and I only call to rant. So my whole thing is, 
this guy went to another organization, and he's looking like he's looking like John Elway down there. And, and I don't know what he's doing right now because I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. Well, Look, he's... not only that, Sam. Go ahead. Mm-hmm, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sam, Sam, Sam Darnold. He's this is your third year, kid. You don't even you. We look flat. We look very flat. I don't know who Gase was whispering to, and in. Where, where was it that he knew um, Manning at? Where, Denver. Where in Denver? Yes. Where he was whispering to him. I don't even – was he his ball boy? He must have been the ball, the guy that caught the ball for Manning. I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't even know how we gave Gase this deal. And and a lot of a lot of people critiquing him. Keep on, guys, because he's bad. He, he was not prepared for week one. We were flat. We really got blown out, Larry. The yeah. Jets got blown out yesterday. And the two fumbles and the two field goals mids. I'm out. I'm out. All right, Roscoe. Thanks for the phone call. I, I, it's true. It was not – for all the conversation that we had from Adam Gase about how bad the offense was last year and understanding that you needed to make some changes with that offense, that, that you had to do something different. With all those conversations, with all those conversations, and for the team to come out like that, it's it's just it's it, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, not even and normally we give Gates credit for his first fifteen scripted plays. Even they didn't work. I mean, they just weren't ready, and that and that is that's a serious indictment on the head coach. Serious indictment. A serious indictment on the head coach that your team was not ready. And you could look, they just weren't. They just weren't. This is ESPN New York Tonight. It's ESPN New York tonight on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Go back to the phones. Devon is in the car. Hey, Devon, you're next on 987. Hey, Larry, what's going on, my man? What's up, partner? How you doing? I'm not doing too well, man. What am I going to do about my Jets, Larry? <sighs> enough, is, enough, is, enough is enough, man. Enough is enough. I can't take it anymore. It's year after year. I can't do it. I mean... I know they're blaming Sam. I know they're blaming Sam. Trust well, me. Sam has to get part. Of, well, let's face it, Devon. Sam has to get part of the blame, and the reason why he gets part of the blame it's because of what I said. I always say this: in the things you can control as a quarterback, you can't mess up. Does he know that you're not supposed to throw the ball off your back foot in the middle of the field? Come on, he knows better. He knows better. He said so himself. He knows. So these are the things. And I understand in the heat of the moment you do, but you can't. You're, this is your third year. You can't make those mistakes. So that's what you blame him for. But some of the play calling, some of the other stuff, the the the, the whole thing that that the, the way the team looked over, overall early. The play calling. The, the you play know, calling, it's, it's not great. It's the play. It's, it's the not play great. calling. And honestly. We had the chance. We had the chance for to get to get Mike in there, to get Mike McCarthy in there. That was yeah, the chance I know. to have the head coach to just steer the team in a somewhat of a decent direction. 
Adam Gates was not the answer. I still don't. I still don't feel that that way. Mike Mike would have been a better choice to be calling these shots, though. He would have more yep. respect. The players yep. would have definitely listened to him more, been more motivated. This guy doesn't motivate nobody. Yeah, Give doesn't look good. <laughs> Give me Rex back. <laughs> well, du- <laughs> All right, thank you, man. All right, Thanks for the phone call. Look, I understand, but remember, Rex Rex was good early. And thanks again for calling. Rex was good early, but you know the second as the years started to move on, especially once John Idzik got in there, you know wasn't they, they didn't have the same success. So remember, this team has not made the playoffs since they went to the AFC Championship game against Pittsburgh a decade ago. You you believe that they've not been in the playoffs for a decade? And, you know, yes, it's easy to look back and say, oh, we should have got Mike McCarthy. You should have never let them leave the building. I'm just saying. I, I just think that he would have been a better coach for me. And I said it at the time. I'm not, you know, I'm not second guessing myself. I said it at the time. He would have been better. Because for me, I thought you saw what Adam Gase, you went against him. Twice a year. So you saw what he did. Did he get his team to, to, to a, a 10 and 6 record one year? Yes, he did. He did. Did he give, uh, you know, the Patriots a hard time? Yeah, he did. On a couple of occasions, he did. But, I mean, you're judging him, looking at him one-on-one, and he beat you a couple times. So part of the wins... <laughs> Are against you. It's it just it just hasn't it just doesn't look right. It, it really really just doesn't look good. It just doesn't. Mike's in Brooklyn. Hey, Mike, you're next on ninety eight seven. Hey, what's up, brother? How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Mike. What's happening? Good, good, bro. I just uh, wanted to reiterate a few things that you guys actually just touched base on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know. Yeah, listen, I've I've been a big Sam Donald supporter. And mm-hmm. obviously, being a, being a Jets fan, I mean, who do we have, Mark Sanchez, to compare him to? So, you know, we, we're really thirsty. We're thirsty for that guy. So, you know, we cling on to anything. But uh, I agree with what you said earlier. I mean, that throw is – that's a week one, the first game of the season throw that he threw in Detroit. So, I don't see growth there. But I don't – I don't – we don't give enough of, 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 of the bad credit to go to upstairs. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, JD, JD, all right? I love JD for now, but again, being a Jets fan, who do we have to compare him to? But right. that that combination of talent that they accumulated and put out there, there's no excuse for it. I don't care how much cap space. I'm not saying go spend all your money on one end, defensive end, but these plug-in wide receivers that didn't work on 100 different teams without getting that separation isn't doing it. Um, you know, you know, the offensive line, you're going to tell me you rebuilt, and then you throw the ball 100 times. You come out the game, throw the ball at the gate. You don't try to establish a run game. So it, it's, it's from the top, and it trickles down, man. And you know what? The icing on the cake for me was mm-hmm. when you guys come from a kickoff and you get a delay of game. Yeah. Yep. You're supposed to have that play called while the commercials are going still. What was that? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, You're right, so Mike. Thank you for the call. Thank you so much for the call, brother. All right, Mike. Thanks for checking in. We'll talk soon. It's true. And these are things that 
constantly happen with this team. And like I said, it it's it it doesn't matter who the coach is. I mean, this happened under Todd Bowles once. This happened under Rex. This has happened before where you're not sure of the play. Like, how could you not be sure of the play? Like, you, you should know. You just left the sideline. <laughs> you know, you should know. I, it's, it, it's just amazing. It, it really is. It really is. And it's frustrating. And I feel bad for the Jet fans. I do. Because I know how badly they want, you know, they want their team to be good. Obviously. You know, and, and listen, nobody was sitting here talking about them going to the Super Bowl this year. Nobody was was that naive to think that, oh, oh we're ready, boy. We're, we're going to go. But once and, and yes, we understand it's one game. So we'll qualify that. We know it's one game. But there's so much that you want to see, especially from your quarterback. And listen, it's a lot of pressure on Sam this year. There's no question. It's a lot of pressure on him because this organization has to make a decision whether they believe this is the guy who can take them to the next step. After week one, you'd say no. And yeah, I get it. I get that he doesn't have a whole lot of great weapons. I understand there's, 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 whole, there's, there's, not a lot, there's not a lot there for him to work with. But once again, look at what just as a thought process, okay? Look at what Daniel Jones was able to do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He threw to, um, no, he didn't. Yeah, he threw to ten different guys. Ten different guys. Slayton, who really looks good, right? Hey, Darius Slayton, who burst on the scene for the Giants last year was outstanding tonight. He had, he had the two touchdowns were his. So he had six receptions for 102 yards. Barkley had six receptions for 60 yards, including that unbelievable hurdling. But we've seen that before from him, so we know. <laughs> right? We, we understand. And Sterling Shepard had six receptions for 47 yards. For me, here's the person that really has to step it up for the Giants. Really needs to really needs to play up to his potential, and that's Evan Ingram, who was targeted seven times, had two receptions for nine yards. I mean, he he's better than that. He is. You, you could just tell. His issue has been staying healthy, but he's got to produce much more than he's producing right now. Because, as because here's what you know. You saw Monday Night Football, everybody saw how you attacked that offensive line. So starting tomorrow, when the Giants go back in and look at video and the players know, what are they going to see? Well, they're going to see all the corrections that they have to make now because of what Pittsburgh was able to do to them. And they, and you're going to have to say, okay, here's what you do when this happens again. Here's the counters you make. Here's what you do. And this This happens, this is what you do. When they come here, you run that way. Run the opposite way. And they need to be in the position, and, and I agree, they need to be in the position, and they started to do it on a couple of the plays where you could see that Daniel Jones started to use his legs a little bit more to get away from the rush because he can do that. And for me, that's what I want and expect Sam Darnold to do. It's what he did it in his first year. 
He would extend plays. He would roll out. He would run. Tuck the ball in and run. Throw it, throw it, you know. And I I get it. And I get that mind of the quarterback that I can make a play. I get it. I understand that competitive edge. I understand he's open. I can make it. I I got the confidence part of it. I do. Spoken with them, know how they think. Got it. But you can't do it. (laughs) I know you're tempted. I know you want to make that play. I know you watch video. I know you watch when you when you scout opponents. You see other quarterbacks wait, hanging there until the last minute, hanging there, hanging there, make that play, throw across their body. Aaron Rodgers does it. It's a touchdown going the up there. It's beautiful. You see it all the time. I can do that. Not all the time. Because for every time that you see it work, there's five or six times that it doesn't work. And and it's a big interception and it's a momentum killer as it was for the second interception for Daniel Jones tonight in that 26, 16 loss to the giants. They were marching on a 19 play drive. That Pittsburgh Steelers defense was struggling because they'd been on the field a while struggling winded because they were pressuring. I mean, they pressured they pressured the quarterback. It was like, let's go. Let's stop Saquon Barkley en route to stopping and sacking Daniel Jones. And what they did, they did a nice job of, you know, everybody talks about, you hear, you hear us talk about it here on 9870 ESPN here. All the hosts talk about it here. Uh, Canty and Scott talk about it all the time, setting the edges, right? Containing. So you, so the play can't get outside. You're running quarterback. You contain them so they can't run wide. And that's what they did. That's what they did to the Giants tonight. And so that's why the running totals were so low. I mean, come on. If I said to you that these two players, one would have three carries for nine yards and the other one would have 15 carries for six yards, and I told you the names were Ben Roethlisberger and Saquon Barkley, who would you think? First of all, you wouldn't think that either of them was Saquon Barkley, right? That's number one. <laughs> That's number one. You wouldn't think that any, either of them was Saquon Barkley. Well, 15 carries for six yards for a long of seven was Saquon Barkley. Ben Roethlisberger, three carries for nine yards, average of three yards a carry with a long of 11. That was Ben Roethlisberger. That shows you the job that the Steelers defense did tonight. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Hour number two, Monday night edition of the show. We thank you for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 FM. Also, remember? Yeah, Freddie Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. Next hour, they will continue the conversation. Lots to talk about in our first hour. We kind of talked about a lot about the Jets. Wanted to get your calls on the Giants as well. Uh, I'm especially curious to hear from the Met fans too. Because it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes on um, our top stories. 
But now you you understand that all the talk of going back and forth is now done. That you have new owners. And as soon as it is confirmed by Major League Baseball Club owners, then we'll get to see when we'll have some more details, like when this is going to happen. Hopefully it won't be five years like it was (laughs) the last time these two got together. Okay? And hopefully that when Mr. Cohen, if he does, when he takes over, there'll be a change in how business is conducted. Now, sometimes do I think that that the Wilpons get a bad critique? Yes. Sometimes it's unfair. Like the situation with Cespedes, when they re-signed him, I was on the air raising my hand that you needed to bring him back because of what he was able to do with this team and what he brought to the table and his power numbers and everything else that he that he has and what he was able to do. So for me, I thought that was the right decision to not let him go as they did with Daniel Murphy, who I thought they should have let go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. And every time he came up against the Mets against the national, when he was playing for the nationals, I was shaking my head. Yeah, I know. I said it. I know. I said it. it's like he heard me personally and he took it personal that I said that he shouldn't be back. But I just thought that he wanted he was doing that for the stretch run. I did. I did. And I was wrong. Now, I don't know whether he would have been as successful had he stayed as he did when he left for the for the Nationals. But I got to tell you, the way he looked, it, it, I really wish he had stayed. <laughs> I really wish they hadn't made that move. I really, really do. But, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, Giselle, let's go. You know what time it is. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. We begin at MetLife Stadium. That's where the Steelers and Giants met. Giants looking to uh, put forth a good effort and possibly steal a win against maybe a rusty Ben Roethlisberger. But as you heard in the top of the hour, Roethlisberger, a little rusty, but still very, very good. 21 of 32, 229 yards, three touchdowns. He was sacked twice. He's still tough to bring down at 37, 38 years of age. He's a big fella, but you know him along with the Benny Snell's 19 carries for 113 yards. Also uh, a night for the receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster, six receptions, 69 yards. Dante Johnson, six receptions, 57 yards. It was tough. Steelers over the Giants, 26-16. Once again, the Giants not able to move the ball on the ground. Saquon Barkley held to six yards on the ground. Daniel Jones, four carries for 22 yards. Also, 26 of 41, 279 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. Very costly picks that led to 10 points. So the Giants lose their first game. They will visit the Bears next week. Well, it was the day after, and for Jet fans, it was still bad. Jet offense, awful. Sam Darnold was on the Michael K show, and the boys asked him, so what went wrong yesterday? I didn't play well enough. Uh, I missed way too many throws out there, throws I don't usually miss, so I got to make those throws. And then, you know, there was just a couple things where, you know, there was some miscommunication, but, you know, we got it fixed on the sideline and we came out, had a better second half, but again, it wasn't enough. Yeah, it was just too many, too many little mistakes, too many mistakes on little details that we need to get cleaned up. And we left too many yards out on the field, um, especially in that first half. 
Yes, they did. And they didn't play well on either side of the ball, especially in the first half. Second half was a little better, more better defensively. And Jeff fans understand this one game, but they're still upset. So Michael asked the third-year signal caller this question. Do you understand why Jet fans are so upset today? Yeah, absolutely. What would your message be to them? Is it definitely going to get better? Yeah, I mean, it has to. Sunday wasn't acceptable. The little mistakes, it's the plays are there to be made. And for me, I miss way too many throws. You know, even that interception, you know, that I had going to my left, throwing across the middle of the field, like that shouldn't happen. And so for me, I'm just going to learn from that. And it's just little things here and there that we, that we can clean up. They're very fixable. So we just got to fix them in practice and then go do it on Sunday. All right, Adam Gase, what did you see from Sam Darnold as you watch video? We were just off with some of the details of what we were calling and, and what we were doing where we, we didn't do a couple of things that will look really poorly for him. And then he missed, a, he missed some throws that normally we've seen him make and he made later in the game. And the offense could get even worse. Yeah, it would likely be without one of their top playmakers, Le'Veon Bell, on Sunday against the 49ers because, as Ritzamini writes, he could be out for at least three weeks. The decision is in. As I just mentioned, the Sterling Partners have signed an agreement with Stephen Cohen, pursuant to which Mr. Cohen would purchase the New York Mets, sale transaction subject to the approval of Major League Baseball Club owners. Please say yes. Mets back to work tomorrow night in Philly. Rick Porcello against Jake Arrieta. New York five games under 500. Meanwhile, the Yankees could get some good news. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton could be back in the lineup as soon as next weekend. Boy, would Aaron Boone love to get those guys back. Love to get them back. Judge recovering from his second stint on the injured list this season with a strained right calf. He last played August 26th. Stanton's been out since August 8th with a left hamstring. Despite that, Aaron Boone thinks the Yankees struggles behind them. I think there's been certainly improvement. Anytime you're going through a tough stra- spell, um, you know, even though I feel like our guys do a good job of handling it and not, um, you know, letting it weigh, down, weigh them down too much or affect their work or affect the process they go through to get ready for a game. Um, you know, still, when you're going through a tough spell, you, you wear it a little bit. So um, there's definitely, um, I think, guys getting a little more swagger back, a little more confidence, um, you know, showing up now with that expectation that uh, we're going to get it done. And um, but, but I also think it's subtle, you know, as, as much as we were going through that tough spell, um, you know, I, I didn't sense that it was as doom and gloom as sometimes people make it out to be. <laughs> we'll see. Debbie Garcia takes the ball tomorrow for the Yankees, who are just a half game behind the Jays for second place. What will we be talking about tomorrow? What changes will Barry Trotz make as the Islanders try to stave off elimination in the game you can hear right here on 98.7 ESPN following Chris Carlin? 7.30 pregame. The puck drops at 8. We'll join you afterwards. That's top stories for today. Thank you, Giselle and Joel. This is ESPN New York Tonight.